team is going to project into March. And that's something that gives me great confidence is that you have an operation where the players lose and take it personally, particularly when they lose to a team um, and then get a chance to play them again. You don't have a repeat performance. Whatever they did poorly the first time, they're not going to do again. Now, that, again, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a poor performance at some point in the conference tournament or in the NCAA tournament. But it does mean that there's a sense of urgency where when the moment calls for it, uh, they're able to sort of impose their will on a team that they were not able to do that before. Um, I take great comfort in that, and I think Clemson fans should too, that that's the type of roster that you have. And uh, I do think it is noteworthy that in revenge spots, Clemson is now 3-0 and this year. They they are, and and not only that, you think about the way that they have bounced back after losses. Uh, you know, something Tim Bray pointed out to me on the drive home last night was just that. And you know, you you did have the three game losing streak, but consider that the middle game there was North Carolina at home, and you know, I you're not you're you're not you. you I mean, not that you understand losing to North Carolina, but you I mean you get what I mean. That losing to North Carolina is not the same as losing. It's not to awful, uh, right? Right. Every other game this year, though, you have bounced back, and at times when you thought, okay, well, maybe this team's going to quit, you know, you you lose your first game of the year, and then you bounce back and win by thirty, and then you know you lose a heartbreaker to Georgia Tech in double overtime. And you bounce back and win at Florida State on the road, and you get one absolutely stolen from you while your soul is being ripped out of your chest at Duke, and you bounce back and beat Louisville, and then you know you lose one you really should have won at hosting Virginia. You bounce back and you win at North Carolina. Uh, same with NC State in this game last night. You know, there's there's plenty of criticism to go around for every coach, including. Clemson basketball at times, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can ever say that they quit, you know. And and Brad Brownell does a great job of getting his team refocused, and I, I think you see that in the way these games. You know, the, the best thing is just don't don't lose in the first place. But when you do, they have been able to bounce back. And I thought last night was a was a great bounce back. And consider too how many guys you have from the Atlanta area that were playing in mm. this game last night, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know how players are going to respond to that. Do you put too much pressure on yourself? And I, I think all the all the Atlanta guys last night, they, they all played well. They really did. Oh, yeah. They were, they were your best players in that subgroup of best players. There's no question about that. I want to talk about that a little bit more uh, when we return. 654 Roars, the number you want to join us on the phones. On the Adams and Curving text line, we got a couple texts we'll get to on the other side. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues right after this. The Bojangles back at Bojangles. A crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning with the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. 
Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at ATVOutfitters.net. Mourning the loss of a loved one can be painful. If your loved one dies due to the negligence of someone else, you need someone by your side to help get you justice. Nick Lavery, Clemson's local attorney, will help you navigate a wrongful death lawsuit. Nick and his staff are here to help you through every step of the legal process. Call today for your free consultation at 864-654-3680 or visit nicklaverylaw.com. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Gilstrap Roofing has an experienced team that specializes in shingle and flat roofs for residential, commercial, and industrial customers. Their dedication to complete customer satisfaction is why a large portion of their business comes from repeat customers and referrals. If you need a full-service roofing contractor that has over 88 years of experience and takes pride in top customer satisfaction, Gilstrap Roofing has got you covered. Call for your free roofing estimate today at 269-1232 and online at gilstraproofing.com. Liberty Mutual presents How to Be the Life of the Party. Okay, first turn the music off. Then ask for everyone's attention. Now tell them that you customized your home insurance with Liberty Mutual and saved hundreds. Boom! Now everyone knows you're not just a pretty face. You have some brains inside that face that know how to save hundreds on home insurance. Woo! Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Based on recent survey of new customers who switched and saved. Underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Excludes Massachusetts. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. How can we get your undivided attention? If you just look over here for two seconds, I'll do anything. I'll watch a foreign film. I'll talk to a man with a ponytail. Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know what you want to talk about. We are the Roar. Hour one continues out of bounds. William Plogginbush, Ben Milstead. I'm live in South Bend, Indiana. The ninth floor of the Doubletree. And Ben Milstead is live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Um, interesting uh, to look at. And I, I, um, I'll admit, I kind of, I was doing a lot of watching on phones last night. You know, I, the, the TVs here, they, they, they don't have ACC Network, which is just classic 
God, I hate to be I hate to be dismissive of Notre Dame. Classic Notre Dame, though. Like you're in the ACC, and the hotel where all these teams stay doesn't have ACC network. Oh, that's Boy, a lot that's of problems, man. <laughs> um, I just I just think I just think that's weird. Am I is, is that like am I bougie? Is that too first world? To just request that you be able to watch the league that your teams play in when you're a hotel in that city? It's not, but at the same time, I don't know that they have any control over it either. If it's not, a, you know, if it's just not available, that's, I, I get it. Um, and, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of places that don't have ACC network. I, uh, my TV didn't even work in my room last night. So I say all that to say everybody else was annoyed about that. I was like, well, I can't even watch like Alabama, Florida while the game's on my iPad. So anyway, I was doing a lot of watching my phone last night. And so trying to, trying to kind of keep up with what was happening in the game. And so like, you can tell who's playing well, but you don't really know. You mentioned the Atlanta guys, uh, in the, in the last segment, um, I thought Chase Hunter was just absolutely fantastic. Yes, I he thought was. his his defense was very good, and I I, I uh, tweeted his stat line just a little bit ago: thirty one minutes, eighteen points, six rebounds, six assists, one block, no turnovers. I can't imagine a better performance from him all around, all uh, all things considered, all encompassing. Mom's in the stands, family's out there cheering for him, hometown. Awesome, awesome, awesome uh, to see that guy play well like that. He, uh, yeah, his decision making was was very good, and you know he's one of those. He shot away from the three. You know he he has he has re- rain pulled the reins back on shooting threes here recently, but he got even gotten a rhythm on behind the arc last night. I just think his decision making has been so good. Um, handled the ball a great deal last night. Six assists, zero turnovers. What more can you ask for from somebody handling the ball? Um, and and you saw his explosiveness too there towards the end of the game, being able to, you know, finally get to the rim. That's one area that I I do think Clemson's got to continue to work on, and that is getting to the basket and and drawing the contact which was virtually non-existent in the first half. They made that more of a game in of part of the game plan in the second half and, you know, were able to get to the line a few times. Is that and let me let me phrase it this way because you and I were sort of texting about the way the game was going and how odd it was. You mentioned it. Part of me is thinking, okay, well, if that's going to work tonight, if you're knocking down shots, go nuts, man. Whatever you got to do, get this dub and get out of town. Like, it, you know, the way it looks is not nearly as important as that it looks like a win at the end. Um, but on, at the same time, like, I guess the concern is that feels like a way to win that's not going to be as impactful and not going to be as consistent long term. So there may be some residual of, like, against Florida State, if they go one for their first nine from three – there may be a bit of a reality check or a bit of an attitude adjustment needed on that. I don't know. I'd like. I feel like it's weird when you win by 24 and you go, ah, I'm, I'm a little unnerved that they didn't do some things, but I'm, 
I'm kind of with you on that because it it felt like they were able to do some things that you thought they weren't going to be able to do, and so they didn't have to do things you thought they were going to have to be able to do. I don't know. It, it's it's weird to say that when you win by 24, but I think that's probably something the coaches are talking about today, right? Well, it does, and it, listen, you sit and you watch a game and you see a team have early success from three, and it's natural to worry – are they going to fall in love with this shot? And do they get out of that routine when they stop making them? I mean, I think that is a natural reaction from fans and to a certain extent from coaches too. I, I just, I, I doubt that the game plan last night was you're thinking, okay, who's going to score what for us? Uh, you're probably not thinking Ian Shefflin and PJ Hall are both going three for three from three point line. Like that's that's not part of your thought process as you go into a game figuring out where your points are coming from. Yet it happened last night, and you're okay. Look, I, I don't. You have lost at least. Uh, I mean, I, you you certainly you probably lost the North Carolina game. Shoot the way that you shot threes. You lost to Georgia Tech the first time the way that you shot threes. I'm going to enjoy the fact that you won a game shooting threes. Um, you know, trusting that they know there's other ways to win. And if you, uh, you know, if if they're not falling down, then you have to resort back to that inside-out game. But like I said, you never really had to do that last night. That was the thing. And yet... If you look at the second half, they did have 18 points in the paint in the second half. They only had four at halftime. So, like you said, they did make some adjustments at halftime, and they did start going inside a little bit more. Interesting that P.J. Hall wasn't a big factor uh, scoring the ball in the second half. He, he was just one of four from two and had 11 points. And if there's another sort of encouraging sign that m- might be one of those like, hey, probably shouldn't count on this every night, it's that P.J. was your fourth leading scorer and was a virtual non-factor. He played like a dozen minutes in the second half. Virtual non-factor offensively for you, particularly in the paint, and yet you were able to get points in the paint from Shefflin, from Clark. Even Joe Girard got to the basket. Godfrey a couple times in there. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Chase Hunter. And you also you got multiple threes from all five of your starters, so you're able to spread the ball out. They assisted on 21 of 31 makes. Um, Chase had six of those, but then Clark had four, and Gerard had three, and PJ had a couple, and Chauncey Wiggins had a couple assists as well. So it's like, I, I don't know, it's like uh, you expected PJ to go for like 30, 25 or 30. He didn't. You still blow him out. So you're, you're, you're feeling good about being able to win that way. But I did feel like, honestly, I felt like at some point in the second half, like, okay, they're going to they're gonna really try to feed it into PJ because he's still out there, or they're going to take him out. Because if he's if he's just out there, you know, they, they kept talking about PJ's not practicing and he, you know, they're trying to rest him a little bit. I felt like okay, if he's if he's gonna take two shots in the second half and not score, just get him off his feet. And I think the last six or seven minutes, maybe maybe five minutes, they did that. Were you surprised yeah. that they didn't play through PJ while he was on in there, or just take him out, like let Boz play ten or twelve minutes last night? Yeah, well, Boz is. Boz is still not healthy, and uh, and then and unfortunately, I think he hurt his shoulder again last night. Um, oh, true. You know the the one thing, it, the way that game went last night might be a blessing in disguise, though, in that you didn't have to have Ian and PJ inside all night banging bodies, 
you know, and they've, they've worried about his their their health. I mean, there's health concerns with both of those guys. Uh, so maybe maybe that kind of helped protect him a little bit. I don't think that was your intent, but it was a nice benefit of a win like that. Um, you know, a couple other things that's not necessarily scoring related. That Quark, Clemson had 21 assists and only five turnovers last night. Amazing. And think about this. They really only had four turnovers uh, as the jump ball it was considered a turnover as P.J. Hall gets, you know, it basically he intercepts the tip and then just instinctively throws it to his guard who happens to be standing in the backcourt. And it's an <laughs> – I mean, like – you you hate to start a game like that, but you understand how that happened. Yes. But so take that one off. Your 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 true assist to turnover ratio was twenty one to four. That is remarkable. I don't care who your opponent is. Yeah, I would I would say Clemson's ability to get shots and not turn the ball over, and then on the other end of the floor. You know, they didn't force a ton of turnovers to Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech had nine. He had nine turnovers in the game. But they contested everything. Georgia Tech was 10 of 32 from two last night. They were 5 of 17 from two in the second half. It was a miserable shooting performance from Georgia Tech. Some of it was the shots that – a lot of it is that they're, the shots that they're able to get with the caliber of players that they have and the way they, they were running stuff last night are going to be – tough contested shots as long as the defense is you know reasonably good I thought it was one of Clemson's better defensive efforts because not only did they do that but they were very good I think particularly in the first half they were very good on the offensive glass um or excuse me on the defensive glass where Georgia Tech had three offensive rebounds in the first half second half they they gave up a couple second chance opportunities um seven offensive rebounds Georgia Tech had so maybe not as good in the second half but, you know, tough jumpers, mid-range twos, even like the layups they were missing and the shots around the basket, they didn't get a lot of tap-ins. Um, I felt that was really good. That was, a, that was a, I'm sure, a point of emphasis for Georgia Tech after Clemson absolutely dominated the glass in the first meeting in one of those, I mean, oddities that, you know, the, the, the game should have been over because Clemson dominated everything but the three-point line. It just it felt like, it felt like Clemson did everything right uh for for them to win the game and then some like you had an unbelievable three-point shooting performance an unbelievable performance in terms of assisting unbelievable consistency from all of your starters and then you didn't let Georgia Tech get anything Brad Brownell spent a lot of time in his post game been talking about defense and the way that Clemson's defense had improved and the way they really harped on defense after what he felt was a subpar final 10 minutes of the NC State game particularly guarding guards and wings uh chase hunter absolutely shut down kelly last night and he had a good game in in game one against clemson and then you know, gerard was on george and it, there was a lot of switch there. i mean clemson switches a lot of stuff uh you know so many guys guard everybody but george has i mean he's a their phenomenal freshman guard he had seven points. I mean, he was a he was a non-factor in the game. You know, speaking of those switches, you also had a a healthy Jack Clark available for this game, and 
to me, Quark, it looks like he's lost weight since he has got – and he probably has just because he's now playing every game and, and able to practice. But to, last night, to me, he looked he looked slimmer and quicker, and his lateral movement feels like it's getting better than it was. Uh, not that it was bad. He, he just looks like he fits the role of a of a of a of kind of that three guard hybrid spot now, the Hunter Tyson role. And so when you have you know when you're up, when you're switching at the guard position and he's part of that rotation then you're not always switching to a a 62 guy now you got somebody the size of, of Clark on a on a guard who can actually stop him and i i think that's that's big yeah i i think Jack Clark has really has really elevated Clemson's defensive potential it doesn't mean they get stops all the time i still don't think they're going to be an elite defensive team but i think they are now closer to the team that we said that they could be in November when they didn't necessarily have Clark, but we were we were talking about them as a team that can get stops, they can play good positional defense, they can switch when they need to, they have enough uh, personnel and enough talent ability on that side of the floor to be able to get critical stops in games where otherwise they're going to be able to outscore people because we know this is going to be an offensively potent team um, regardless on, on almost every night. Uh, fact of the matter is, with Jack Clark, you've also got a defensive chess piece that you can move around. And, I, you know, I thought that, like, the minutes that R.J. Godfrey gave last night, um, I just love – you know what, he, he's still a little bit of a bull in a china shop, uh, really on both ends of the floor, but particularly on defense. But I, I just like how he rotates. I like how he helps. I like how he plays ball screens. Um, he's learning to do that better without fouling. Um, so not only do you have Clark, but now you're seeing some growth from some other guys. You get, uh, like, Dylan Hunter played 12 minutes last night. Only two points. He's in there to guard. That's it. He's in there to play defense, to shut down people. And then, as you said, like, Chase Hunter took it personally. He took on the challenge, uh, uh, and, and Jack Clark took on the challenge, and some of these guys took on the challenge of not letting those perimeter opportunities uh, get going, like not letting those perimeter players get going. Uh, Kawasi Reeves last night. Or in the first game, five of seven from three. Last night, one of six from the floor, one of three from three. Never got going. Just enough. Kelly never got going. And Dongo two for nine. George three for seven, seven points. I'm not sure he scored after like the 12 minute mark of the first half. Uh, he was a total non-factor uh, for the rest of the game. Uh, Sturdivant came off the bench and did a little bit, but it was very, very difficult for Georgia Tech to get anything going. And again, if you're if you're trying to to pinpoint takeaways from last night's game. That defensive intensity where you're holding a team to 57 on their home floor and you're able to hold them to 30%, hold them to 6 of 21, and do it for the most part without fouling, uh, that is something that you can take into future matchups, including uh, including in the tournament. Um, uh, 6-5, go ahead. Yeah, just quickly, uh, Texture was asking about Lida again. Must have must just be turning it in. He, he dislocated his shoulder, separated his shoulder several games ago. And has not been able to play much, uh, and and hasn't even really been able to practice. Coach Brownell talked about that after the game last night. How those two or three minutes from him are so valuable, and you haven't had that. And he and he and also just not having him available in practice. Uh, you know, when you're running more of a, of, a, of a scout team kind of a thing, 
uh, and it and it looks like he probably hurt his shoulder again at the end of the game last night. So that's why you haven't seen uh, Boz Lida. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues. Six five four roar is the number six five four seven six two seven. Uh, you can also get in on the Adams and Co-Roofing text line. He called the show. Uh, we're talking Clemson basketball, some college football to get to as well today, some other odds and ends and interesting notes. We continue on here in Hour 1 of the program after this. This Saturday, the Clemson Tigers are back home inside Little John Coliseum as they play host to the Florida State Seminoles. With the month of February beginning to wind down, the Tigers look to defend home court with a win. Broadcast begins with pregame at 7.15. Catch it all right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, Clemson's choice for great dining, is pleasing you with their innovative food. Featuring two for $25 menu choices like Cajun or Creamy Alfredo, fried calamari, garlic basil pesto, meatball sub, or spaghetti, all served with Texas toast. Two entrees for just $25. And remember, Wine Wednesdays. Choose select wines for just $5 per glass. Open daily for lunch and dinner and brunch on Sundays. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill, 1310 Clemson Boulevard at the Best Western. Is your crawl space damp or musty? Water in your crawl space can cause wood to rot and creates an environment for mold and mildew that can make its way inside your home. Canty Foundation Specialist specializes in crawl space repair. Call us today for your free inspection so you can have the peace of mind knowing your crawl space is dry and your home is protected. Call today, 864-641-0176 or visit cantycanfixit.com. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449-WEST-UNION. One of the best things about Clemson is the family atmosphere, and that's what we strive to offer at Harrison's. When my parents started Harrison's over 25 years ago, they weren't thinking about how fast they could grow. They focused on providing hardworking folks excellent customer service and the best workwear and work boots. And now we have grown, but our focus hasn't changed. And whether you're visiting a Harrison's store for the first time or the hundredth time, we want you to feel like family. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden or visit harrisonsusa.com. Dr. David Maruz, D.C. in Greenville, South Carolina, is here to guide you on your journey toward a pain-free life from peripheral neuropathy. And here's the exciting news. Take advantage of their limited time offer. Your initial Sumas laser treatment is just $79. Take the first step towards a brighter future. Call 864-292-6777 now to schedule your consultation with Dr. David Maruz, D.C. And schedule your initial treatment for only $79, absolutely commitment-free. Relieve peripheral neuropathy pain now. 
And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. That doesn't sound good. Paper shredder's jammed, but I think I fixed it. Oh, well, try shredding these $50 bills then. Seems like it's working. Mm, better try another 400 bucks. Stop. Instead of using money, use regular paper. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. What's Quok ranting about? I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Find out weekdays from noon to 3, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. All right, hour one continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, live here on a Thursday. We got a couple of notes from Tim Beret. Did we did we talk about this already? Uh, he said Newt Rockney All American was the movie that premiered at the theater in 1940. Yeah, see, that's I, I should have just called Tim before I started even trying to go down that road because I knew he would know. But that's exactly what I was trying to think about. <laughs> the second thing he pointed out is that it's the fourth best assisted turnover ratio in Clemson history, what we saw last night. Uh, 4.2 to 1. That tells you an uncommon offensive performance. And then a texter says this uh, from the 864, which I think this is I think this is an interesting point. I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with this, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot. It says, the myth that you can take defensive intensity into every game in the future but not the same for offense is BS. Yes, it would be great if we could play that level of defense and be as successful every game. But the same can be said for offense, too, if it wasn't a myth. Wouldn't have the letdown that every team, uh, as, you have all, as you've all pointed out, happens. Teams just can't play intense defense and be successful every game. Uh, and I, listen, I, I think both ends of the floor ebb and flow. I think you can play a poor defensive game and still hustle. Like the how many times we have we seen heard coaches talk about how hard their team played when they give up a bunch of points because the other team makes shots or because maybe they're not thinking as much or they're you know they're they're missing some assignments the other team puts you in a blender sometimes I think those are different things like uh, people say defense travels because defense is a lot about intensity and it is about hustle and it is about deciding. Right, and you can't just always decide I'm going to make that shot because it's hard to throw uh, to throw a round ball into a peach basket. It's hard to do that. Um, I do think that Clemson is playing with an intensity. Uh, they did play with an intensity on the defensive end last night that can carry over, and it doesn't mean that they're going to hold every opponent under 60 because I think in, I think Georgia Tech was I thought they played a role in that. Just like Clemson caused Georgia Tech to quit, I think Georgia Tech's poor shot selection played a role in Clemson's defense. Is that a fair way to characterize? Like, I, I don't think Clemson just was like locking them down like Houston or locking them down like, uh, I don't know, like uh, the 90s New York Knicks or something like that. Um, but I think they played really well on the defensive end in a way that I think they can play well on the defensive end moving forward even if the results aren't there. Yeah, I mean, when you hold an opponent to 57 points – that's doing something good defensively. Look, I think we can agree Clemson was good on the offensive end last night. They were good on the defensive end, and they were playing a very bad opponent. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Georgia Tech is just not a very good team. 
and uh, home court didn't really matter last night because there wasn't a lot of folks there. <laughs> you know, by the same token, that's what you should do to teams on the road that are inferior to you when you are a team that is worthy of the NCAA tournament, right? You should go on the road and, mm -hmm. and be able to win those types of games, and that is what Clemson did last night. So I think all those things can be true. Yes, 100% agree. We've also had, I mean, speaking of moving forward, we've had a couple texts about what it does for Clemson from an NCAA tournament standpoint, the win. Um, I can tell you they moved up six spots in Ken Palm from 32 to 26 after the win last night. And they moved up a couple spots in the net last night from 28 to 26. Yeah, uh, 28 to 26. And there was the worry by some that, you know, Clemson could actually win that game and go down in the net. And, you know, and it's interesting. We'll never know for sure. But if you were wearing orange last night in that arena and paying attention to how basketball works at the moment, you were aware of where you were in relation to staying above a 20-point margin of victory. And I, I don't know if 20 is the magic number or if it's something else, but it feels like that could be where the efficiency ratings rankings really start helping you. And listen, I talked to some of the staff about it last night, Quok, and said, you know, I just asked, were you – was that on your mind? And they, yes. they said – you know, yeah, we we were aware of that, and it stinks that that is the system that we are now under because we've got guys sitting down at the end of our bench that deserve to be deserve that playing time, but we can't afford to put them in, knowing that. Yeah, you know, and now I'm 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 paraphrasing the conversation. This was not word for word. You know, we we can't we we can't take chances with falling under twenty points. That that perfectly encapsulates the frustration of being a fan in 2024 because what I was saying before about P.J. Hall, like if P.J.'s not going to score, if he's not going to be like a, a centerpiece of what you're doing offensively, you, you would like to sit him down because you're probably going to need him. I mean, you assume you're going to need him 30 minutes against Florida State on Saturday. And you're going to assume, you know, you've got one less day of prep than you would if you played Tuesday, Saturday. You've got a Wednesday uh, Wednesday to Saturday prep window now. So, you you know, you, you, would love for, uh, you would love for P.J. to sit down. At the same time, you can't. Because if you sit P.J. down for, you know, eight or ten minutes at the end of a game and you give up three baskets, goes from 24 to 18 or 24 to 14 or 24 to 12, and all of a sudden the efficiency – Works out just a little bit different. Now you're dropping behind a couple teams, uh, and you you because we don't know the formula, we can't follow that in real time. It's frustrating, and I'll tell you this: it is frustrating as an opposing coach too, because now you are sort of you have to to determine how you're going to play this. Like Damon Stoudemire said, he's just looking for guys who didn't quit, and he didn't find many last night. Um, which is why he talked about bringing his guys in, which I've, I've got thoughts on that. Um, but he he basically he had to wait and see what Brad Brownell's going to do because if Brad Brownell clears his bench, guess what? There's also incentive for the other coach not to clear their bench. Like, you play your starters, you go on a 10-0 run against the, the guys at the end of the bench from the other team, 
And now all of a sudden your your loss that we know is a 20-point loss plus, now if you can get it down to 12 or 14, it doesn't look quite as bad. Well, now your metrics look a little better and everything's hunky-dory. It's just it's odd that that's the that that's a system that we're in that you you can't call off the dogs ever in these games. You have to keep the pedal to the floor. And the good news is I think everybody sort of understands that, so it's not like you're it's not like you're going to get accused of running up the score or something like that. I would say for the most part that's that's true. Um, but it it is odd. It is odd that we have to think about it. And as fans, if you're if you want to be an educated observer, you've got to think about the game. Why is this guy in the game with three minutes left? Won't he get hurt? Maybe. I mean, I you know, it's one of those things where like, I mean, yes, like you're you're putting guys at risk in blowouts, but the incentive structure is such that you you need to still do that, and that's odd. And I'm glad the coaches are are uh, sort of admitting that because. It makes some things make sense when they can put it out in public that, you know, it, it's uncomfortable and we're not sure if we like this or not. But, I mean, Ben, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it, 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 it uh, if, if you're at home and you're thinking, why is P.J. Hall in the game, that would be the reason right yeah. there. Listen, and like Steve Forbes, for instance, at Wake Forest, he's, talking, he's talked openly about this from the podium in postgame on several occasions now that he has to think about margin of victory. Uh, other coaches have done the same. It is it is just a sad reality of the game right now. And, you know, a, a texter a while ago said, I didn't think margin of victory mattered anymore. And, you know, we talked about that maybe last week. On paper, they did remove that as a, you know, as a, as a component but it is still part of your efficiency rating, and that is where it that that is the part that the Big Twelve coaches have figured out, uh, and others are catching on to that it does still matter if you win by twenty or thirty. It does still matter, and it it impacts you a great deal. Yeah, agreed. Um, and like I say, that's why that's why when Clemson at the end of the game, you still. You saw them continuing to run offense. I watched, um, and I I watched Tennessee take a shot clock violation against Missouri the other day, and like they didn't play well, and they're just trying to escape with a win. And I know it's just one possession at the end of the game, but I like I know my brain is, I know my brain is starting to think in the way that you're talking about because I was like, what are you doing? Like you got a chance to make a three right here and make it a what is it a five point game? So it was like an eight point game or a from a seven to a ten point game or make a layup, give you two extra points. I mean, if you do that every game at the very end, you're, you know, that that's that's a huge difference over time to your your efficiency numbers there. I don't know. It's almost like you can't sacrifice possessions like that. You can't take shot clock violations. You can't just run the clock down and heave a shot at the end of a game because you've already got it won, because you kind of never feel like you've got it won enough. Um, Texture points out from the eight six four. Good point, Ben. I was one of those guys who would have expected to be put in. If my team had a 12- to 14-point lead, why would I work my butt up in practices if I was never going to be put in the game? I, I understand it for the, for the bench guys, and I think that, you know, in order to do a good job, you've got to have that conversation with your team. And, you know, and I, I think they, they know it too. And, I mean, Texture is right. Those guys at the end of the bench work just as hard as the starters. And in some cases, as strange as it might sound, Maybe harder because they have to 
they have to not only know your playbook, they have to know your opponent's playbook because those are the guys that are running those plays in practice. And they're, I mean, they work incredibly hard and they accept their role on the team. But traditionally, those guys get to come into a game. And right now, all across college basketball, that's not happening. And it, it's just sad. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we can have this conversation today because it means Clemson won by 20 plus. Um, but I, it's just a part of this whole one of many things about this whole net that I, I just don't like. I just don't like that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, teamratings.com right now um, just to kind of uh, to put a bow on the like the big picture conversation. Uh, Clemson at the moment, 99.8% chance to make the tournament. So if you still have that question, uh, listen to the show more often. We, uh, we, we, we talk about that. Um, you, can look at, you can look at the most likely, we talk about the most likely seeds. Right now, Clemson's most likely seed, according to team rankings, is a six seed. There is a roughly a 50% chance right now that Clemson is somewhere between a five and a seven seed, according to teamrankings.com. That would be a successful season, no question. Um, I mean, your thoughts on that, Ben? I I didn't expect that to go up after the Georgia Tech game last night. That's how well Clemson played. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it should either. And I told you the other day, I I thought Clemson looked like anywhere from a five to seven seed, and that's that's what we're seeing now. Um, so you know that doesn't surprise me. On the other side, uh, from a conference's standpoint, there there is one conference that I'm just going to make the bold prediction is about to lose multiple teams from the SCC tur- from the uh, NCAA tournament field. Ooh! Oh, I can't wait for this spicy takes from uh, DJ Spin Milstead back on the ones and twos. Uh, we'll get to that on the other side. I have one other thing to add about Damon Stoudemire plus. Um, Everybody is now on Twitter talking about how they're in the game, and I just want to see how many minutes we can make Ben Milstead talk about video games today. So uh, we may talk about Take NCAA football. Under. Take the under. The players, <laughs> the players are – we know the terms for the players. Is it fair? Is it not? I have questions. Uh, we have a lot, uh, including um, some bold accusations on NIL that we're going to get to. Plus, Morgan Coleman's going to join us as well at the top of the hour. Hour 2 is next. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. Hi, I'm Jake Wilson, and as the owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings, I'm proud of the product we've delivered to our customers for nearly 15 years all over the upstate. If you're considering having your garage floor transformed, check out our five-star Google reviews, as well as the gallery of homes we've completed. Don't just take my word for it. See what other homeowners have to say about Iron Drive Floor Coatings. Our website is irondrivegaragefloors.com. Schedule your free quote today, irondrivegaragefloors.com. Talking about colonoscopies can be awkward and maybe even a little funny. No buts about it. Colonoscopy screenings are vital to early detection of cancer. During your screening, if your provider finds any kind of precancerous lesions, they are removed, preventing you from developing colorectal cancer. Do it for your health, your family, and your friends. This simple, non-invasive procedure is low cost, requires only one day of downtime, and can possibly save your life. No referral and no clinic visit needed. 
Book today at gastroassociates.com. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. The needs of modern businesses are always changing, but corporate cards haven't evolved in decades until now. Meet Ramp, the all-in-one finance platform that combines corporate cards with spend management software. Ramp is the only card designed to actually help your business spend less, not more. With Ramp, you can set custom controls to stop out-of-policy spend before it even happens. And Ramp software even does expense reports for you. No more manual entries, no more chasing receipts. And with best-in-class accounting integrations, you'll close your books in days, not weeks. Ramp gives you better insights and a real-time view of all company spend, so you can stay focused on the big picture and build a healthier business. Join over 15,000 businesses who have switched to Ramp and start saving an average of 5%. Modern finance runs on Ramp. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. That's R-A-M-P sports. First, it was Seneca, then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection, and get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out, Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. Ben here for EC Sports, and I'm thrilled to introduce their cutting-edge product, the new non-stem pump pre-workout. This caffeine-free formula is specifically crafted to boost strength and power during your most intense workouts, all while promoting increased blood flow. Thanks to their patented and clinically tested vasodilator, Maxinos, this formula takes your performance to the next level. Paired seamlessly with top-performing enhancers and nootropics, it delivers unparalleled strength, power, and focus. Experience the difference at upstatemuscle.com. Call the plumber whose name is his number One Tom Plumber One Tom Plumber I need a good plumber fast! I always call One Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call One Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number Mark your calendars for the Roar's March Madness Show, March 18th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Mellow Mushroom of Clemson. We'll see you there. Hour number two out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. 